It's molasses, Peter. It's molasses out here. It's so slow. I saw a billboard on the way here, Peter. Are we recording? We are. Okay, I saw a billboard on the way here. And it was just like, congrats to this girl for like graduating college. What? She had her own billboard. I thought it was lit. And, you know, one of my great dreams, and I've researched it, is to buy digital billboards during large-scale wrestling events to promote our Twitch streams and podcasts, things like that. But what I'm saying is nothing is too dumb to advertise. And Weekend at Effie's, this podcast, we could use your help. We could use it. Do I want Blue Chew to sweep in and give us 90 grand uh, a week to talk about boners and my experiences on the road? Yeah, hell yeah. But right now, I also want to help out smaller businesses. It's very reasonable to sponsor our podcast. And Peter will help you get everything set up if you email weekendateffies at gmail.com. This is a big week for Effie and Peter because this episode, as the lights go red in here, this episode began with us together. It did. We we started technically the weekend at Effie's together with a with a whimsical Thursday plan from me last second. And how did this plan come to fruition? And what was this plan, Peter? Well, let me let me fill the the guests in. Uh, I believe Wednesday night I was driving around town. And I said, oh, oh, we were going to play trivia. We went to the Irish pub to play trivia, which we did not come in first place. We came in fourth place. What Irish? That good for you. What Irish? Okay. okay. And here's why I like this Irish pub in particular, besides the trivia night. Uh, they have rainbow radishes in their salads. Have you ever had a rainbow radish? No. Okay. It's a very, it's, I mean, regularly it would just be the shape of a radish, but they thinly slice it. Very crispy, very mild, but the color goes from all the spectrum of the rainbow colors across the slice of this radish. It's incredible. How? I don't know. I'm sure Monsanto could tell us as they're putting, uh, you know, all sorts of, I guess, USB particles in us or something. Are we robots? It doesn't matter. So Wednesday, I'm going to trivia. I see... The Fox Theater, the beautiful downtown Fox Theater, and it says Jesus Christ Superstar is playing. And I said, oh, shit, is that playing all weekend? It was. Peter, I grabbed some good tickets, not thinking, didn't discuss it with my partner. And I said, hey, baby, do you want to go see Jesus Christ Superstar at the Fox Theater tomorrow? He loves theater. We're going to see Mean Girls this summer. That's a little oh, further I, out. You know that was based on my life. The You're the African transfer student, mm-hmm. Lindsay Lohan, as... Peter, wow, and you became the mean girl in the end, but then you still learn. I don't know. I need to rewatch this movie uh, before we see the play. I don't want to. I don't want to mess anything up here. I'm losing my gay card as we speak as I uh, misremember Mean Girls facts. I, right now, you look just because I can only really see half of your face. You look like gay Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> can I tell you how these mutations have affected me? I'm going to use a really deep voice for a later part of the episode, so I'm excited that I can start with my... Because I'm not doing a Hugh Jackman for Wolverine. Hugh Jackman isn't Wolverine. Hugh Jackman is like the most butch gay at the party doing a really good Halloween costume. You're like, how'd they pull that off? And that's because they've been working on it for two and a half years. You should see gay people in Halloween. We're really into it. I do feel like Wolverine. My braid stayed in all weekend, which was concerning to me. Like I've been told I shouldn't shower with my braid in, and... It survived all three days of this weekend, past what we said, back to what I was doing. I'm getting on a side trail here. I bought these tickets. And AJ, my partner, said, 
hey, I can't go with you. You should still go to the show because we're going to see Real Housewives stand-up comedy tomorrow. And I said, look at us living our lives. This is incredible. What a moment. So who better to go with me to see the Broadway touring musical of Jesus Christ Superstar on its 50th anniversary than you, Peter? And we revealed this last week on the podcast because I was, we were talking about we were going tonight to Jesus Christ Superstar, but the the speed and... Uh, preparedness of just chaos pulling out. Hey, is that thing happening? Let's go to that thing. It's one of my favorite things about being an adult, Peter. And I was so glad that you were on the the train to see the, the thing with me. I remember being a kid and I was like, when I grow up, I'm going to do all sorts of stuff. Like that was my dream. They're like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I was like, free and able to purchase tickets. And so we went to Jesus Christ Superstar, Peter. Oh, my God. And you have seen this musical before long, long ago. And you told me, you said, this was a little different. It was a little different. They had kind of the the Hillsong vibe for Jesus. The like, maybe he's up to trouble. Kind of looks like he works for Apple. Uh, Bieber haircut Jesus. Yeah, it was really hard to remember that they were in biblical times. Well, they don't have to be. Because he's Jesus Christ Superstar. I mean, this is, I mean, the story of Jesus is just sort of like, uh, it's like when you hear about Iron Man or something. It's like a there, tale there to keep people on the track. There may have been other reasons why I forgot what it was. <laughs> yeah, listen, <laughs> Peter, the, the adventures we go on and the trails we take, sometimes perception is only your reality when you want it to be. And that theater is beautiful under all circumstances, and especially on this night for Jesus Christ Superstar. Now, we came back after here, and I'm going to talk a lot about this show, but not as much as I should. And we really, we kind of got into Jesus Christ Superstar. We got into some of our thoughts about Jesus. But I'll give you the line that stuck with me. Uh, Actually, I'm going to pause on the line that stuck with me because I want to go back to the fact that I said to that lady, she was in the wrong seat. We had beautiful balcony seats. This is the open of the show. And one thing I said to you as we walked up the stairs of the Fox Theater was... The bell rang right when we got in. I know it, you know yeah, this. Yeah. Immediately, as, and I'm not being dramatic here. As we walked through this last security person, the bell went off and it said, ding, five minute warning to show. Please go to your seats. And I think I looked at you and I said, it's sickening, Peter. It sickens it's sickening. It's, we didn't look at the time once before We didn't leaving. even look at the clock. And here's the thing. I came and recorded the podcast with you. Drove home, picked up my partner, took him to pick up his friend Matt, took them to the comedy show, picked you up here, still smoked, went to the Fox Theater, and walked into them saying, Bing, five minutes till showtime, please go to your seats. It's sickening. And pause, even the next, well, we'll get to the next morning, as I almost texted you again, and we'll go about it. We get to the seats, and she's clearly in the wrong seat, and it's the Fox Theater's fault, because the seat numbers on the handrails that you can see are not the seat numbers that you use it's the ones under the seat and politely put some people can't look under a seat like it's that's a crazy thing to ask of people uh we asked her to move she was clearly a little uncomfortable with having to do it having come up all these stairs some people are less mobile than effie if you could imagine it even after seeing what i went through this weekend and so i understand the frustration and she assumed right away because i was being very jovial i was excited it's jesus christ superstar she said are you already drunk for this and i said ma'am i don't drink but i am high as fuck and she kind of laughed and giggled. And we talked a little bit about cannabis and products. And to be able to walk into a beautiful theater playing Broadway with fake clouds and stars on the ceiling and sit next to an elegant older woman and say, baby, I smoke marijuana. Like, welcome to the future. Uh, 
George is getting there. We're trying. God. Okay. We see this play. Here's the line I'm referencing that I gave to you that sometimes I talk too much when I'm at the theater. I have a lot of thoughts. I mean, a mile a minute about what I'm seeing in this play. But when they finally crucify our good bud, Jesus Christ, superstar at the end, and he's up there on the cross and the lights are there. I said, Peter, this is a crucifixion you're allowed to clap at. And I don't mean that in a sense of like disrespect. And I think we talked a little bit about the controversy of, you know, the play at the time. Here's what the real controversy is. This is an Andrew Lloyd Webber production, right? And a lot of people don't speak Andrew Lloyd Webber. And I'm here to let you know, I'm fully fluent in Andrew Lloyd Webber. And you're going, well, I've seen the plays of Andrew Lloyd Webber. Yeah, but you're a normal person on the street who's seen the plays of Andrew Lloyd Webber. Let me tell you what Effie's perceptions of Andrew Lloyd Webber and why they're deeper, how they how they track with my brain. Here's what's up. Andrew Lloyd Webber is... Andrew Lloyd Webber. What <laughs> is there? Andrew Lloyd Webber is as genuine a person as there is who has accidentally fallen off the, the high wire of life into a pot of gay gold because he figured out that he is able to just explain normal everyday things as... Uh, deeply queerly as possible. Now I'm self-awarely deeply queerly in explanation on things. Okay. Like if I'm giving, I understand that I'm being a little dramatic or pretending to Andrew Lloyd Webber, certain excitements or certain explanations, but Andrew Lloyd Webber, it's like this. It's like, you're like, Hey, Andrew Lloyd Webber, my buddy. He was like, yes. And you're like, what's a cat? And he's like, Oh, I'll tell you what a cat is. So from an outsider's perspective, you're going like, this is the weirdest, gayest thing about cats I've ever seen. But really, it's just how Andrew Lloyd Webber explains things normally to peeper, people. Peeper. What, this Saying his name is messing my tongue up. <laughs> along, <laughs> along with these dog walker sativa pre-rolls. We'll get to those. Um, he is explaining the story of Jesus and Jesus Christ Superstar very objectively in his own understanding, very emotionally fueled. He obviously is not trying to censor uh, the gayness out of anything, and he is accidentally adding gayness to it. So for me, I couldn't understand a word that was coming out of anyone's mouth on stage for whatever reason, but I knew exactly what was happening, and I didn't think that there was any disrespect to the story of Jesus, and he had these temptations, he had these things, uh, that were holding him down, these human feelings. And that's the core of the story of Jesus is, you know, you can be God and you can be a human, uh, but you're going to get the gritty part of the human and you're going to get the exuberance of God. And sometimes those things together, that creates temptations. I loved it. I vibed it. But I think there is, you were a little startled by this too, as we're exiting the sea of people, which reminded me of when, you remember when uh, Moses parted the whole sea and everybody had to get out of there? This sea of people exiting the Fox Theater. A lot of them are going to wake up and go to church on Sunday. And they paid a lot more for these tickets than they will to go to church. And we are coming in with a little bit more of an open world, uh, spiritual, are you spiritual perception to things? And these people are just like, I thought parts of it were offensive, but Jesus looked pretty cool out there. You know, reminds me of the Hillsong preachers that are cool and play. Listen, dude, a lot of people, that's the that's the future of where Christianity is going. Now, historically, are all of these like cool, modern, but yet conservative, winky, winky churches full of real creeper dudes? Yeah, we can pull up the articles. But it in this sense of the 50th anniversary, I'm going, oh, man, yeah, they modernized it to make him look like a beaver preacher. And they're going like, he looks like Pastor Douglas. 
Pastor Douglas is such a cool guy. Hey guys, welcome to the service. I'm Pastor Douglas. I'm not a regular pastor, guys. Okay? They want to yell at me because I buy Nikes. It's an expensive sneaker, they say. Oh man, he's driving a Cadillac. You think we're worried about worth, earthly, worthless earthly possessions, Peter? You think that's what we focus on, man? That's the Jesus vibe I got from this. And for me, I read it from that outside self-awareness. But for them, they're like, man, that, he's our Jesus. <laughs> Do you follow uh, preachers and sneakers? Oh, I 100% follow <laughs> preachers and sneakers. I come from a long line of modern shaman men, uh, and I know all the tricks, and I love it. Effie, is, Effie was trained by preachers. You know what I mean? That's it's how we handle things. So Jesus Christ Superstar. Also, one thing that I found that I had in common with Jesus that I didn't know, and I'm saying this as my voice is just ruined. I can barely talk. This weekend kicks my ass and we haven't even gotten to the matches. When demons come to me, you know what I do? I go, Yeah! Woo! Yeah! Yeah! And it brings the demons closer to me, but it keeps them away from Jesus when he just hits those high notes. Like the Dr. Pepper commercial with Justin Guarini. You know those? Where he's like, uh, Dr. Pepper! He's the I little... don't remember that. All right, it doesn't matter. Weekend at Effie's. Let's get into the matches. Friday morning, I was about to miss my flight, Peter. Early-ass flight to Columbus. And when I got to the airport, this is my first day of going into the airport with no masks, which are not required anymore at airports. Is it a good idea? Peter, no. We were at the theater the night before where they also don't require masks. There were a lot of people coughing in the theater. Now, I can say to you this. I've had COVID tests since then. We, there's no COVID. But people are coughing in the theater. People were coughing at the airport. It was an alarming amount of people all in like one space leaving that theater. Like I don't think oh, I yeah. have like been in a crowd like that. And we're... we're I would say we're even a little higher than the average person there uh, as far as like height scale. Right. But if you're a short person leaving the Fox theater, you are breathing everybody's area. Yeah. My goodness. Now I'll say this, Peter, this is a controversial take as we enter the airport. This is the closest I have felt to Trumpers in a long time because you know, they weren't coming in with the attitude anymore. Everybody was jovial. It's like a redneck Christmas in there where everybody's just like, we're going to get auntie Anne's and like, we don't care, you know, that people are different now. We're all the same. We can all, you can wear your mask if you want, you fucking loser, or you can come with us and be free. And it's like almost, it's taken the sort of punk rock out of their like, well, I ain't gonna wear no mask. Joe Biden ain't gonna make me wear a mask because now that we're all not wearing masks, they don't have anything to say. Like, Oh man, these fucking masks, right? You know, they always start with that when you're in the airport. I get to the airport. The clear line is four rows deep. Like it's, I said, this is the clear, like it's fucked today. This is the clear line. And I'm going, boy, my flight boards in about 10 minutes. This is not good. And I almost texted you and said, man, I might miss this flight, but I'm, but I'm thinking we'll be okay. Of course I was okay, Peter. I'm sick of it. Of course I was on time. I landed early in Columbus. Wow. The flight was perfect. I had a great time on the plane, enjoyed myself. Uh, weird story about the plane later. I'm not telling that one here, but I just, it clicked with me. Really oh, weird. We didn't mention the huge synchronicity about the play. Oh, oh, did we not? Oh, we didn't. Listen. So uh, Prince, his last show was supposed to be at the Fox Theater. The final book show for Prince at the Fox Theater. He canceled it and then later died that day. And we happened to be at the Fox Theater on the anniversary of his death. And I was born the same day as Prince. And you were born the Prince same day as Prince. Prince is my spirit birthday father. And so we were there on the anniversary of when that was supposed to happen. 
seeing Jesus Christ Superstar and spoiler alert, tightening up our new Broadway musical. Oh, I feel, oh my God. Did you forget this, Peter? I've been working on this musical slash book slash lifestyle resource for years. And Peter, you came into my life at a time when things are really taking off and my creative juices are flowing more than ever. I'm trusting myself. I don't bend my knee. I am open and honest and looking for excitement. And folks, uh, we we figured out that we might have written an even better Jesus Christ Superstar and I don't know. I can't say any more about this. Big synchronicities were the thought of the weekend. Peter, just to give you a, a tale before I get into landing in Columbus, I saw no fewer than 600 222s this weekend. Everything was 222. Oh. Hotel rooms, times, clocks, license plates. It's all 222. You know what it is? It's the reflection of hard work back at you and protection. Okay? means you're you're the path that you walk on the 222 you are seeing what you are doing you are perceptive of it but you are protected beyond your own reflection from anything that will get you and i was fucking protected columbus ohio dude i'm a believer in ohio people have problems with ohio like it's easy to be like ohio's fucking i hate ohio they're wrong Ohio is the... I hear it's great. It's the extract of America. Everything good and bad about America, it starts on the stone of Ohio, and we pour water over it as the rivers flow into America, and it and it comes out from that concentrated American Ohio soil. I, the uh, Transcendental Meditation headquarters is there. They have a giant dome that they all sit in and meditate with uh, Jerry Seinfeld and David Lynch. <laughs> I uh, I would like to join them, but I is this a Scientology pay-as-you-go kind of thing, too? It, it, or can I just go TM with JS? TM people are super weird. He doesn't talk about it much. I listened to him on Marin, and they brought it up a little, and he was just like, oh, yeah, meditation, do a little, do a little TM. And he was like, you still doing the TM? And he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, a little TM. But he wouldn't like be like, here's what I we mean, do. I mean, you, you essentially pay like 1000 to $2,000 to get a secret mantra mm. from a guru. And that's the trick of it. Well, let's go get one, Peter. What are we waiting for? Oh, you can, you can actually find them online. <laughs> Wait, so they're secret, but they're public? Yeah, it's kind of a scam, but it also works because... But could that be like taking the wrong baby at the at the hospital, you know? Like, oh, they got all the babies right here. I can see them. Yeah. It's not your baby. Yeah. I don't know. I'd be it's, careful. Yeah. I'm paying the guru. If I'm, tip, <laughs> if I'm tipping the airport shuttle guy, I'm paying the guru for my, for my life-changing <laughs> mantra. Columbus is so awesome, and I think uh, I was a little bit held back by my luggage being with me. I love being a tag team champion, Peter. I think it's great. Me and Allie Catch hanging with those belts. But as you'll hear, and as you heard, I'm not really fond of carrying belts around, much less anything. I, at this point, need to be existing without any luggage. Do you have to put it in like a case when you so travel with it? you put it in a bag Okay. in the suitcase Okay. with all my gear and jackets, the... The carry-on weighed 53 pounds this week. So it's an away suitcase. Really, that should be our sponsor, away suitcases. If you want proof that away suitcases are indestructible, mine has been on the road with me for almost three years now. It is falling apart just as we speak, but I have been nothing but absolutely reckless and nothing but dangerously overfilling this suitcase, and it has given me no problems. I drug that motherfucker around Columbus. I landed, and the first thing I do, I'm alone. I go, I got a little bit of time here. Allie said she's getting to town with Nick Wayne from Cleveland after a while, and we'll go to the venue, but I got a little ex exploration time. And the older I get and the more I travel, these exploration times are, I mean, it's what it's all about. It's like, oh, we have nothing to do till later. Let's explore. 
And I stack activities. Stacking activities is called stacktivities. And it's the same thing. We talked about Six Flags very briefly. Or Six Flags with no rides. I don't like going to Six Flags with people. <laughs> you were describing atheism for further Yeah, context. atheism is Six Flags without rides. Like, let's go to the convention. Where, yeah, okay. I'm not going to repeat myself. We're already long-winded here because my brain... We're recording this a day earlier, Peter. My brain is uh, still frizzled from this weekend as I go back and remember it here. Um, I... Quickly just look up where I can eat brunch because I'm a breakfast guy. I will always be a breakfast guy. Even if I eat one meal in a day, it's breakfast. I looked this place up called Hangover Easy. And I wasn't thinking like that meant anything. Just like over easy eggs. and Like, oh, maybe there's a hangover. And I get the Uber to pull me up here. And it's like everything's kind of like slut themed. Like ho, like hangover easy. So I got like ho biscuits, homemade biscuits. I don't know. It was really fun. And I was like, this is incredible. What a moment. I'm feeling wild in Columbus. I thought it was just going to be a breakfast restaurant, but it's a double entendre. I sat at the bar because it was very busy. And some of the people were just sitting at the bar, like drinking because it's Sunday and they're hanging out. And after, no, it's not Sunday. What am I talking about? It's a Friday. Why were they that drunk? I thought it was like, a, never mind. This is Friday morning at 9 a.m. Okay. Well, there were drunk people at the bar. I proceed to order once again, like four plates of breakfast bacon uh what else did i have i had all sorts of breakfast i had bacon i had cinnamon toast french toast i had uh two biscuits smeared in sausage gravy with eggs on top and peppers i had coffee galore and i crammed it down and i remember the guy next to me who was one of the drunks looked at me and was like did you just eat all that food and i was like yes you have to feed it and little did i know i would need all of that energy Right around the corner from this restaurant where I'm just blasted full of delicious breakfast is the Columbus Museum of Art. And you know what they're doing? You know what they're doing over there, Peter? They're doing Roy Lichtenstein. Oh, my God. All right. Now, what do you know about Roy Lichtenstein? Oh, yeah. He's a he's an overreaching, huge name in the world of pop art. And he sort of reclassified how we take comic book art and pop art seriously. But this is the early works, my man. We got charcoals of uh, Mickey Mouse. We got Donald Duck on charcoal. We got perception pieces of uh, of internal engine structures done with Colorscape. Was the photo of the butter? Yes, the butter was in this museum as well. They had a huge, like, weird modern pop art section, too. And this was just a giant stick of butter. I thought about this yesterday, and I'm glad I'm remembering it now. The stick of butter was actually a foretelling of what would happen later in the night at the match. But we're not there yet. We'll get back to the butter. Weird. I, so I went to go see a movie with our friend Will this weekend. And uh, we went to his parents' house. And he was given it was just like hey you wanted uh, a butter dish and so they he they give him a butter dish and like everything will is just like super excited about it so it became this whole thing of like don't forget the butter dish like make sure the butter dish comes with you and then like because i was driving it was just like rattling in the car the entire <laughs> don't time don't break the butter dish there was no dish on this butter it was just the giant butter on a on its own skin i guess it's not called butter skin but so we had a buttery day then. We all had a buttery day together, a buttery synchronicity here. The butter tray, the giant butter, and later I would churn an Amish man's butter. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy, we're getting there. But this museum has modern art. They had a, a queer art exhibition. They had uh, Matisse and Pizarro, these impressionist artists. It was beautiful. I walked all day, and then I looked at my phone. I said, I've got to get out of this museum 
because there's an IMAX down the street. And what are they showing, Peter? They're showing the new Robert Egger films, uh, The Northman. What do you know about The Northman? I, I don't know much about that. I do know that he directed The Witch, which is one of my favorites. Oh, yeah. And The Lighthouse. I haven't seen The Lighthouse. Brother! It's my favorite movie with like uh, black and white intense storytelling and farts. There's so many farts in The Lighthouse. And I think it's part of the metaphor. And we'll talk about that later. But I said, I've got to go to this IMAX theater. I got in my little Uber. What did you think about The Witch? Did you see The Witch? Oh, The Witch is incredible. It's beautiful. I know a lot of people that dislike that movie. Why? Why? Because it's hard to understand. Well, do your fucking research and act like a grown-up. I can't sit here and like hold your hand for things. Yeah, we get it. Like, No, and here, good point on saying a lot of people didn't understand it. I told someone I saw The Northman. And I know it's the Northman, but I like saying the Northman because it's confusing. They said, isn't it like 300 or something? And I said, no, man, it's not like 300 or something. And I think with the advertising and movies, sometimes they want to perceive it as like, yeah, the new, it's the new hut. Look at the murder. But this is a super real to historical fact uh, story of fate and determination and bloodlust and runes and sorcery and Vikings. And you're like, oh, but isn't that like too toxic masculinity? No, this is the most intense masculinity and all of it's toxic and all of it's not toxic. And it's insane. Store, I can't even, I don't even, Peter, you got to see this film because it is, it is so brutal. There's so much weird magic sacrifice. I'm so interested because the witch was all filled with like real deal. Yes. That's his thing, man. He wants to make sure all the stuff feels to the truth. And even like just the way it's shot, every part of it, it doesn't get any less intense or brutal. And he keeps saying, he must, I must contribute my fate. I must continue my fate. And it's like, you're in the theater and you're like, yeah, dude, my fate. Now I do love that this IMAX theater I'm in, there's six of us at this movie theater. It's the 1 PM showing at an IMAX next to the Ohio state university. I'm thinking, oh man, it might be packed. Better get my tickets. No, there are six of us in here, including me with my backpack and luggage charging my phone on the wall upside down. Like I get too comfortable in a movie theater, but I'm also like, I communicate with the staff too. I'm like, Hey, like I've got my, do you need to look at anything? Like, do you want to put it somewhere else? It doesn't have to. And he's like, I don't care. Just go. Like, you shouldn't have even said anything. Just go. Just take your suitcase and drag it up. You know, I don't want to keep lugging this 53-pound bag around. And it's it's with me all the time. If you want to be my assistant, just, I don't I don't know. Um, I'm in the movies. I'm finishing the movies. And I'm like, holy shit. Like, do you know how fired up this movie got me, Peter? I, like, wanted to go in the parking lot and just start, like, trying to fight people. Like, will you fight me? Like, fight me for your destiny. Like, not non-consensually, like, just attack someone, but, like, just see if I could get a parking lot brawl going. So, br- it was NC-17, because it's that brutal, dude. Like, it is just, oh, I don't know. Really? I don't want to oversell things for you. There's a lot of really good story moments. There's Nicole Kidman ate her fucking everything in that movie. My God, Nicole Kidman, dude. One of the tops. My, I think my one of my tops right now. And her role as girl in AMC theater telling me how much she likes going to AMC theater very believable would have believed it if she wasn't sitting in the third fucking row with her neck cranked back like that's how anybody wants to sit nobody sits in those seats nicole kim and reach out we can do a piece together after this i'm going okay well obviously Allie's gonna be here i've gone to a museum i've gone out to brunch i've seen a whole film and learned my viking you know calling and my fate it's my fate 
nope, not here anymore. So I got to go kill some time. And I still have my 53-pound bag. And I go to Target. So I said, I'll pick some things up at Target. This is good. And I said to the Target security, I don't know if you know this, Peter, Target security, Target loss prevention, some of the best in the nation. The FBI has leaned on Target before to have their stuff dealt with uh, if they are having trouble. And I said, hi, Target security. I have these bags. I'm sorry. You know, I just came from the airport. Do you want me to put them in a particular place? I don't have anywhere to put them right now. I am shopping. They said, I don't care. Just go. This is the this is the new nation we are in. Everybody wears their costume, but nobody's doing nobody's doing the full commitment to kayfabe anymore. Like your shirt says Target Security, and you've got a walkie-talkie and probably a taser or something and a security cam, and it's all there. But it's like the kid at the end of Halloween who like is dressed as Superman, but he's just crying on the ground. He's like, "I'm gonna go home. I'm gonna go home." We're not all fully committed to our costumes anymore in public. It's beautiful. You know, some people say, oh, what, this is the loss of pride in our jobs, you know, but you shouldn't have had pride in your job. You should get money from it and then do whatever you can with it. This is coming from a fantasy person, so don't listen to everything. They did finally make it. They did arrive. Allie, Nick Wayne, and Effie rode to the beautiful venue. Now, what a set of venues. I'm not going to shit talk this venue because it was lit, and I'll tell you why it was really lit in a second, uh, but it is at a fairground. It is at a fairground next to a horse track next to a police station, in a metal building, next to a plant sale. Not those kind of plants, Peter. Something that's just like a, you know, it's kind of like like a, a market or something for plants. I don't know. They didn't stay all day. This is one of the most indie-ass wrestling buildings I've seen in a while. It is smaller than usual. There are only so many chairs. Now, you're not an indie wrestling savant like many of the listeners here are, but this is very reminiscent of like, Mid 2000s Midwest indie shows that like you'd see weird long tournaments on. And then I thought about it though, and I went, it's like that. And the building feels like that. And the crowds feel like that. And they're wild. But these buildings are packed as fuck. And a lot of those old buildings, they were pretty packed, but it wasn't like standing on top of each other crazy energy. Now, this town, Columbus, on this day was renamed Columbusy because. Bussy was in town, and Bussy had arrived, and someone brought a sign that said Columbusy, and I saw it when we were getting in the match, and it fired me up so much that I was, I'm not going to apologize to my opponents because they beat my ass as well, but we were a lot less nice. I was so fired up. Like, Bussy was mean, and uh, this match was great. I mean, the whole night, it is the hottest metal building Everybody's shit is hitting. The Columbus fans are crazy. This is a debut for GCW here. Uh, we are out in the fields. Tony Deppin ran across the horse track trying to chase a goose in his gear. It's feeling like, you know, we've been pretty rowdy. We've done a lot of rowdy things. But it was almost like something kicked in and we were like, in our groove and really in it and picking up a heavy load of steam. You don't think it was because you saw a Viking movie earlier? All right, Peter. <laughs> a lot of people are saying it's because I saw the movie, but why were we all fired up? Okay, it was it was a little bit of the Viking <laughs> movie. Manders and Levi Everett kicked our asses. Not completely, because Bussy was victorious, but to a great deal of pain. Uh, my leg is very swollen. I ended up with like something on my elbow. I don't even know what the elbow thing is from. And Manders, I do believe, hit me harder than anyone this year has hit me across the chest. Check the footage. I will not go into detail further on that. I will not answer if it was harder than so-and-so. I said what I said. 
that man about collapsed my chest in. I also thought he hit me so hard I pooped myself at one point. I did not. Because Effie doesn't poop. Effie's never pooped. I, I was too stoned after something earlier in the week with a fan, and I said they were nervous, and I, I, I told you. It's like a nervous habit. I'm like, everybody poops. But I was so stoned, I just went, but not Effie. And that didn't help at all. <laughs> this match, dude, I was so sweaty. We beat the shit out of them with chairs. I fucked up a move at the top rope and almost cracked my leg open again. That wasn't even what did this like, Greg, but it almost cracked again. The ceilings were low and they had tarps on them. And Manders is just like a big ass motherfucker. So it was just like, I couldn't get my balance right. I was fucked up. I think my head was off right. So if you see me take a topple, Woo, daddy. I took a topple. I tried to no-sell that shit and move forward. Not easy. Uh, we got to stay in Columbus after this, after we got through a fan line that took us so long to get through. Now, was the line long? Yes. But to the fans, I'm very sorry. Allie and Effie are not good at multitasking. Should we see a doctor about our gay DHT? I don't know. I haven't had time. I've been fighting a lot. Should we perhaps have someone there to help us get through these lines a hundred percent somebody has to be in front of this table to get people through this line we will never stop we want to take our time talking to you we want to take our time with the moments but we will never push you away and we also cannot remember where our sizes are or where anything is so we've got to have that help up front here's an example of how that can help this title belt like i said very heavy got to take a lot of pictures got to keep putting it down got to sign more I had a guy, he said, can I help you with anything? I said, yes, hold the belt. He said, where? I said, right here. And then when I get him for the picture, hold it over my shoulder like I'm holding it. And he would move the belt back and forth onto my shoulder as I would sign a picture or get something for them or give a hug or say hello. And then when the picture time came, he put the belt over my shoulder and it looked kind of like I was holding it myself. And Allie looked over and she was like, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm being Celine Dion. Someone has to be Celine Dion. You think she's just going to carry around a prop like this? No, she's going to have a prop boy and he's going to put it in the prop bag and he's responsible for getting it to the next date. That's what I need with my championships. I'm like, I'm doing like a heel gorgeous George Adrian Street character, but it's just me now. Just like, you have to hold my things and my belts. You have to hold it for me, but it's necessary because what I'm learning is that the sacred juice of the Effie front of house performance is far more valuable than me being good at back of house. And God damn it, Peter, I'm good at back of house. But if I am pulled away with all of my back of house duties, front of house is not as whimsical, fun, violent, and evil. So I need to make sure that all those things are at their pinnacle. We got to stay in Columbus after the show. And a lot of times we have to leave these shows and we have to go to the next city. We have to get there. We got to make sure we're in town. We got to be places early. We got to actually go to the hotel and Got to hang out. I was with all the SGC boys. We're all vibing. Now, I don't think there's anything relatively important that happened on this evening, as I think about it out loud, other than good hangs with good friends, vibrations, loving it. But the next day, and here's what I tell you, why it's so much better to be in Columbus than it is to go forward. The next day, here's what we do. We wake up. We leave the hotel at noon. We go to first watch. I eat way too much breakfast. Breakfast was my only meal Friday. I did eat some snacks and protein shakes later, but everything's good is closed at that point. And you're like, nope, I did eat. Here's what happened. We ordered $80 worth of McDonald's and then wouldn't eat much of it at all. It was Those nuggets were not prepared correctly. It's fine. I don't blame anyone. This is why we had to go get a big breakfast. Myself, Allie Catch, we gorged on breakfast. 
Once again, cinnamon rolls, lemon ricotta pancakes, crab cake rangoon, not crab cake rangoon, what's it called? Benedict? Crab crab cake benedict. Uh, fresh kale pineapple juice. I eat when it's breakfast time, Peter, and I will continue to eat all the time when it's breakfast time. And then we got on the road and had a beautiful road trip into Detroit. Now, here's the Detroit curse, okay? It's not a curse anymore. And if you go back to early episodes, we discussed this curse very early. There's no curse anymore, but there is a ritual to Detroit that I cannot avoid. And here's how it happens. And I laughed so hard when I figured it out because it's happened the last five times I've been to Detroit. We go first to a dispensary. I always accidentally end up at the same one. I don't know why I can't remember why it's not this one. It's the wrong dispensary. Then I look up the other dispensary that's always the right dispensary, and we go to that dispensary. When we got to that dispensary, I got a phone call from a legendary luchador. I say luchador, I mean professional wrestler, which I guess is either or. Two Cold Scorpio. And he said, are you going to go to the dispensary? And I said, oh, yeah, Two Cold Scorpio. And he gave me his list, and I was like, let's go. I'm Aaron Boy for the legends because I'm going to need one in about a year because I'm a legend then, I think. I don't know. I don't know how long it takes. I pick up the stuff there, and then what happens? We drive all the way across town, forget we need Starbucks, have to turn around on the highway and go back to the Starbucks, and then end up at the venue. It happens every time, Peter. This exact like train of events, and I don't know how to stop it, and I don't know if I should, and I don't think I think about it, and I, I'm sure in a month when we're back in Detroit, I'll be telling you the exact same thing again. It's Detroit. That's weird. It's like you have to be inconvenienced and that's your sacrifice. Yeah, but it's almost like my brain goes through the exact same pitfalls to allow for these inconveniences to happen. Like, how can I not know that I'm going to the same one? Like, it's just something's up. I don't know. Maybe I'm just losing my mind over these years, but I think I'll be okay. Harpo's. When we last were at Harpo's in Detroit, a much different venue than the metal building of Columbus the night before. It was 20 degrees and windy outside. Last time. Last time. And inside the building, it was also fucking freezing. And this time we came, and outside it was like 78 degrees and sunny and beautiful. And inside Harpo's, it was just as cold as it was when it was the winter. And I get it, it's kind of underground, but this stone structure is so freaking cold. Now this time, though, the owner was very uh, much more greeting of us. They understand us. They had to go through the same catharsis that an old ex-Vencer goes through with Effie, which is, I don't know what these guys are really up to. And then they get through the show and they go, that was actually pretty fun. That was great. So he's walking around going, just smoke in here. You don't have to go outside. So all of a sudden, I mean, this place becomes just a cloud of joint smoke. All the boys are getting their muscles relaxed, you know. Uh Every All the staff is... Like, it's just the whole night, the vans are smoking. This building just became a frozen weed bomb wow. overnight. It was incredible. Now, this night was a different challenge. The night before, I mean, a little more of an SGC-style match with doors and tables and chairs and violence and punching. We had luchadors to fight at Harpo's this year. This year? This, what, this month? Peter, you can tell, rolling through this podcast, this is the most tired I've been in weeks. I, have, I, I finished my stream last night, and I went to bed, and still... It was an intense weekend of very little sleep. And that's where we're at. We had to fight the luchadors. Now, people are going, Bussy is Butchie. Lu- is Butchie. Is Bussy. <laughs> Butchie is our heel turn. Bussy became Butchie on the heel turn. Somebody said, How is Bussy going to heel turn? I go, Easy. When we reveal that me and Allie are actually married and expecting our first child, and it's all been a ploy. 
We're butchy now. Bussy are luchadors. I took so much dumb shit in this match, Peter. And I laughed about it once again after I got out of the match. I was like, I got my ass kicked in that match. Oh, my God. I did things that I didn't even know were possible for me to do. I jumped off things. I fell off things. I felt alive. And Bussy continued to cement that we are a GOAT-level tag team. We've got the belts, and people say, oh, they're not that good. Oh, SGC helped them win. Oh, you can't have a woman and a man win a real fight. Listen, Allie's going to win the fight before I win the fight. Butchie, she's the one carrying the child, you know? Not yet. But it's, we're, working on a, we're working on a heel turn. I'm kidding, guys. It's a joke. The end of this night, though, the main event of this evening, after a bunch of blood matches... The main event at Harpo's was a scaffold match. Oh, this was that crazy shit I saw. Yeah. Oh my god. So that did not. That did not look. Two good. scaffolds are put above the ring with a central platform, and the only way to win is to go off that top of that scaffold through I tables. I can't hear the word scaffold without thinking of uh, how, how to, to with John Wilson. Yeah, of course. Scaffolding is the core of everything, and this story. Uh, is rolling on. If you know the story, you know you know there's a lot of tension between SGC and the Briscoes. And now there's a lot of tension between all of us because that match ended in a tie when both of those fucking psychos, Matt Justice and Mark Briscoe, jumped off the top of this thing through their respective opposite partners, ending in a disqualification and a no-finish uh, end, which is disappointing, as it should be, which is the fucking point. But this weekend, Peter, on Saturday in Atlantic City, Bussy is defending the belts once again, uh... Against the Briscoes and SGC on Saturday. And where I'm really not happy is we have another title defense on Sunday against uh, Deathmatch Duke, John Wayne Murdoch, and Blood Samurai Akira. And if I have to go into that match and it's not a title defense and I just have to fight those fucking blood dudes, I'm going to be furious and I'm already nervous about it. If I have to do it to keep the belts, like that's a different story. But to just go in there and have to fight blood demon people, I don't want to do it. I don't want to. I'm. <sighs> It's not looking good, Peter. It's not looking good at all. I got to get through. The Briscoes, we, Bussy won. That's what counts. Bussy beat Gringo. Bussy beat the little twink ASF. Bussy survived the Lucha assault. Barely. And Detroit, my God, how you blessed me with all this beautiful greenery, this lush gardenscape. We were taken care of, and I've been in a little bit of a fog haze since then. I got to be honest. They've got the good stuff up in Michigan, my man. It's incredible. After Michigan, I got to chill. I got to chill for a little bit of a night. I didn't have to drive somewhere. I didn't have to leave right away. But I did end up having to catch a flight the very next morning out of that Detroit airport to go to St. Louis, Missouri for Glory Pro, the third of the sick venues this weekend. We were wrestling at the pageant. Those are both both of the last two venues, the Saturday venue, the Sunday venue. They had those cool marquees with the signs and the lights, kind of like the Fox Theater little smaller, but very cool rock clubs where everyone has played. You know, they've all played Harpo's. They've all played the pageant. Uh, some of us have chased geese outside of the Columbus building. You know, there's history there for sure. I get to the airport, the Detroit airport. Uh, shout out the Custard vending machine, which is still there, still operational. And who do I spot? But first and foremost, my good, my good buddy, Ethan Page of AEW who now is living in Detroit. 
He uh, used to be an indie legend, indie god, and now he's on TV every week. So it is good to get to see him when I haven't gotten to see him in a long time. And I was surprised he was on the same flight. And then running through, yelling curses at everyone, it was Danhausen. Danhausen was on the flight. And what's funny, you've been on a Southwest flight before. Yeah. Yeah, you got to line up according to your number. It's pick the seats you get. Danhausen was going through the line just cursing everyone, saying, Give me your position. Give it. Or you'll be cursed. And what's funny is it worked. He, he got on the plane first. It was incredible. Uh, Two Cold Scorpio also on the flight. And he said, bro, you hooked me up. Love it. And it's just, it's marvelous to see that. I don't know if I, I don't know if I should tell you this story, Peter. This is huge. I, I hid some information back sometimes on the podcast because I don't know what I'm allowed to tell. I'm going to tell the story. This happened in Detroit. So we're going back a second. I went outside to smoke an adult cigarette with one Jordan Oliver. Big Breakfast, Young Legend. And who was there but Minoru Suzuki? Now, Minoru Suzuki was on Saturday and Sunday shows. And I have a pretty good rapport after, you know, after we kissed with Minoru Suzuki. I don't know why I'm whispering this like he's getting aired over my shoulder. Jordan started talking with me and we started talking with Suzuki about Scorpio. You got a match with Tuco Scorpio tonight. Now, Tuco Scorpio is 55, I think, and Minoru Suzuki is 53. So their combined age is like 12 Nick Waynes. It's incredible. Uh, we said, you know, have you fought Scorpio before? He said, yeah. Well, we'll pretend he's, he couldn't speak much English because that's what he wants you to think. He said, yeah, it was 17 years ago for Noah. I fought him with Marafuji in a tag team thing. We're like, this is incredible. And uh, I said, Suzuki, I want to tell you something. I kind of just said, let me take the risk here. When else? He said, yeah. I said, I fought Scorpio. And I did the nipples with him. Said, yeah. And he said to me, man, when I fought Misawa, I did the nipples to him and he cracked me down to the ground. And Suzuki started laughing. And I had brought basically like, you remember when we did the nipples, Suzuki? Well, I did them to Scorpio. And then Scorpio remembered when he did the nipples to Masawa, and Masawa beat his ass. Masawa is this sort of Japanese legend. And to kind of get to reference him to Suzuki there and to have Suzuki crack up at like the same story that made me go, oh, this is this is incredible that I'm hearing this story. I'm now getting to pass this tidbit on to Suzuki out there and make him laugh. It's incredible, Peter. We get on this plane. Suzuki was supposed to be on the plane. He got on a different plane. I think he wanted to sleep in. He had too much fighting going on. I don't blame the man. But we got to Glory Pro, and I've bragged on Glory Pro many a time about just like it's the easiest, most wonderful, uh, magical, taken care of place. You know, we landed. We got to go hang out at Dan the Dad's uh, penthouse suite, which is much like where Tony Starks lives in Iron Man. He's like a St. Louis legend now, Dan the Dad. And we got to eat Korean-style tacos, which were delicious. It was beautiful. And then we made our way down to the pageant. Now, this wasn't as early a show as usual, which means I wasn't going to be flying home that night. Uh, but I didn't mind it because this venue is incredible. And I'm walking around this building. I sent you one or two pictures from this building. But the owner has taken pictures with everyone who's come through, including My Chemical oh, Romance. Oh, that's what the Kanye West photo. Yes. So I'm walking around the same building where I'm about to oh, wrestle. You just said My Chem, which is even better. My Chem, Fall Out Boy, Fun, The Strokes, Dolly Parton, LL Cool J, Kevin Hart, Anyone you can imagine has played this building and he has a picture with them. He did not get a picture with Effie. I think he's going to be really disappointed in a year or two thinking I could have gotten it, but I guess that means we got to come back to the pageant. 
Originally, I had a different match, and my match got changed, but it became even more so better. Now, AJ Gray had a lot of car and flight trouble this weekend, and he did finally make it out to the shows for Sunday, uh, but his opponent did not make it out to the shows. Am I allowed to say why? He got Poison Ivy. His opponent got Poison Ivy and couldn't wrestle. You don't want to wrestle with Poison Ivy. So they moved some things around. They had Ethan Page as a surprise, which is why I was surprised to see him at the airport. I was like, where did you come from? He's like, I'm going to the show. I was like, whoa. AJ Gray versus Effie versus Laney Luck versus former freelance legend and back on the scene, Matt Nix featuring Chris, Chris. This is going to be hard with my R problems today. Chris Castropolis was his appearing partner. They used to be tag teams, four-star heroes, but now he is just watching over him. And this building is like, it's got the, the balcony seats. I mean, they sold 700-something tickets to this thing. The noise was on a high level. People are going nuts. So... Effie won again, three for three, three for three for the weekend. Really fun match. We didn't have too much time to fill in there because there was a lot of big stuff on there, like uh, the main event and Suzuki versus Jake something, which I saw the light leave Suzuki a little bit. Jake something hit him so fucking hard across the chest. It was just like, ooh, ooh. Go back. That that match is incredible. Glory Pro is debuting some things. Danhausen made his return to the ring. I got to spend all day with my friends. Allie Catch Oh, because he's been injured, right? Yeah, he broke his leg uh, and got signed while he had a broken leg, which lets you know how good Danhausen is. An incredible value to any company. The ROI is uh, anything but cursed. The ROI on Effie is starting to become cursed. And not in the way you think, Peter. You know, ROI, let me just ROI is your return on interest. You may know this phrase. Some people on the podcast may not. The ROI on Effie is too damn high. Okay. What you spend to have Effie come be Effie, you're getting too much return. You're getting way too much return. I need your margins slimmer. Not not anyone in particular, just everyone, you know? Back to the pageant. I got to hang out with all my friends. I got to see a lot of people. I'm glad AJ Gray finally made it in. And uh, after being victorious, feeling sore, guess what they had at Glory Pro? Let me brag on Glory Pro some more. A chiropractor on site. Yeah, so I finish my match, I change, and I go upstairs to the chiropractor. I was very excited. He was jovial, I was jovial, we're kind of joking, we're kind of talking. Peter, here's what I notice. As soon as he starts actually feeling around on my back and stuff, he's like, the the tone changes. And I'm like, ooh, better check back there. And he's like, yeah, I really better check back there. Uh, I feel great, Peter, I feel good. I uh, put my body through a lot this weekend. Got hit in the head with a kendo stick. When did they stop calling the kendo sticks sycamore canes? What? I, oh, I guess a sycamore cane is from a sycamore tree. I just remember they used to have sycamore cane matches in wrestling. Are we doing those still? Let's find out. I don't know. The sycamore cane match. It's uh, probably just a type of tree, and then it's the... It doesn't matter. Got hit with a kendo stick. Smoked a ton of these beautiful dog walker cannabis pre-rolls that uh, they actually help support dog charity. Dog walkers. But after we smoked one, someone came and took Lucy for a walk. What? That's incredible. We didn't even notice. Lord, I lift your name on high. It was the spirit that guided her on her own walk. I've been taking it pretty risky with Cranberry. and We've been going outside and uh, just letting loose off the leash and seeing what happens. She's really good at following directions. <laughs> Will and I were proposing a remake of Homeward Bound with... Uh... Bebop, Cranberry, and Lucy. 
I and am, we, we I'm decided fully on board. that Cranberry would probably just leave everyone else in the dust and like be halfway across America. That or she's the sassy ass cat who's like, I'm just, you guys have the weird plans. I don't know. I think it's maybe a different dynamic though, because like we said, Bebop's kind of the gang leader. Lucy's kind of the muscle. And I think Cranberry's like sort of the sneaky code cracker, you know? Cranberry walked in earlier while I was shipping packages and looked at me and I knew what she was referencing because I was like, we'll go to the park later today. And I said, Cranberry, it is raining right now. I said, go watch your shows and chill and we'll be back. And she gave me this little nod and then her little, <laughs> and then she walked back into the other room and got on the couch. And it was, I like, I wasn't going like, leave, go sit. I was just like, baby, it's raining right now. We're going to try in a little bit. It's okay. Go watch your shows. And she knows she's been doing well off the leash is what I'm saying. She'll stay right next to me. She'll get a little ahead or a little behind, but she doesn't, she wants to be around us. After the Glory Pro show, which was incredible, once again, I was uh, confronted with the fact that I was confronted with at Harpo's that I was confronted with in Columbus. I am too slow at my merch line, and I'm sorry. I feel so bad holding people up all night. Like It was just like the line doesn't end uh, because I'm very slow. I want to have moments with everyone. I can't worry about this so much, but it is, it's hard for me because you got the other people whose merch lines aren't like that are trying to go get food with me and I can't do it, but maybe they just need to come eat with me. Maybe we need to have meals. Maybe I need some loaves and fishes and we just eat with the crowds, right? This is how the cult starts. This is a reference to our Broadway musical. Don't worry. We went through every miracle Jesus did. (laughs) did I don't want to go into it right now. I can't spoil anything. After the Glory Pro show, (laughs) we went to an arcade bar. Oh, fun. And they sell pizza, and they have games. And we proceeded as wrestlers to get a ton of tokens, play skee-ball, play the Simpsons Arcade, and here's my high moment of the week. I put in tokens to play NFL Blitz, the arcade version, but I put in one too many tokens. And this is, you're going to think I'm kidding here. I'm not kidding. It says you have to use all the credits. I said, dang, I only got two hands. It's two credits. I said, I guess I'm going to play myself in NFL Blitz. So I proceeded to start trying to play both parts of NFL Blitz, defense and offense. Wasn't good at it, but I was really trying. Got through, you know, most of the first quarter. And someone walked up and said, what are you doing? And I said, I think I'm playing playing against myself in NFL Blitz. And they said, we're going to go outside for an adult cigarette. I said, yeah, this is actually, that's probably, I need to walk away from this. I didn't, I got in too deep. I said, I'll just keep going. I've got a positive workforce attitude about getting it done. And I'll just, hey, if nobody else will play me out, play me. Sometimes you got to have people do activities with you. After a weekend of many alone activities, you know, like the Northman and screaming and just walking through the museum. I like walking through museums looking like me too, because not looking like me too, but like looking like me too, because they're like, Sir, are you like you know where you are, and I'm like I'm just looking for the Matisse Hall. Is there an impressionist area? Like I'm very excited. I know what I'm doing, but I'm like I'm in my own little bubble. Of should we talk to the guy, or is he is he all right? He's been staring at the butter for a really long time. I churned that Amish man's butter. I forgot to tell you that. I referenced it, and then I didn't tell you. What I saw what the giant Amish butter. Man? Levi Everett was my opponent Friday with Manders. Now Manders, big cowboy boy. But Levi's a real Amish person, and he carries around a butter churn. And I turned his butter, and he got so fired up, he threw me through a table. I was just like, really, like licking my hands and like churning the stick, and like it he doesn't bring, matter. He, he brings it with him. Well, yeah, you never know when you're going to find a fresh bat of cream that needs to be preserved. You make butter for 
you buy butter at the store for flavor, but back then it was to preserve their creams, you know? You gotta have a clotted cream. I don't know, man. I'm not gonna explain the whole thing out. It doesn't make much sense to me. Uh, being Amish, that is. You know? Raising barns and all that. Horses and buggies. No. You drive a Prius. That's the opposite of a horse and buggy. Yeah. That's the complete opposite of a horse and buggy. That's incredible. Uh, I want to make sure I'm not forgetting anything here because I went back and I went to bed and I went home. I was I, I took a 5 a.m. flight out of St. Louis. It was very intense to do so. Uh, I played arcade games way too late into the night. But like, we went hard as a tag team this weekend. And obviously I had a singles match on Sunday. But Peter... The Effie train has to keep rolling on, and Effie eventually is going to have to like take a deep nap. The chiropractor, the sauna, you know, mindfulness, Jerry Seinfeld meditation or whatever it was. Meditation. <laughs> meditation. Uh, my brain. What's the deal with meditation? What's my mantra? Uh, who knows what his mantra is? It's 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 probably hello Newman. <laughs> That's is that too deep? We're going too deep. We don't have another sponsor this week, Peter. We don't have any questions this week, do we? No, no questions. Are y'all listening out there? I know they are because the numbers go up, folks. You're getting Effie at its rawest form, and I think we might have to figure out this is why we don't do Tuesdays usually. <laughs> this is officially our longest episode ever because I randomly am just remembering things and going into I it. I think this was a fun. I don't know how much. Uh, y- you are, I really, I'm really pushing my brain here to the yeah. limit. And I love it. But I'm also, uh, I also am understanding of the fact that like, while I'm excited that we have an audience for our podcast and it's growing and it's good. I hope everyone understands that this is just, this is for me really to, I got to come talk to Peter and verb this shit out and feel it. I smoked cigarettes this weekend, Peter. I took it to the edge. One day we'll reveal the real the full spectrum, but I put it on the line. I take it to the limit and they can't, they can't keep up with Effie. Oh yeah. I had a uh, difficulty keeping up with you. It just uh Jesus Christ superstar. At the beginning. Just going to the Broadway play, keeping up with me is, and this is why it's hard <laughs> at, to get assistance. At one point, too. I realized that you were just sitting there cackling through the entire musical. <laughs> okay. But not loudly cackling. No, not loudly. And Peter, please understand this cackling comes from a place of, jovial understanding and excitement uh and not i was not making fun of the play i there's no way to really <laughs> it's, i mean it's it's a little like when uh when jesus when judas uh has his big moment and then hangs himself everyone hesitated as a rather <laughs> not to clap for that so i don't think i think people were conflicted throughout the audience. there was a lot of confliction but it was god it was good and the band was up there did you see the director window or the conductor window could you see the conductor window? No, I missed him. So basically there was that spot far left top that it was not see-through like the rest of the band, but I could see the conductor's motions through it, and the shadow play was incredible. I just want to say shout-out to the guy who plays Judas in this version. I don't know if all versions do this, but there's the scene where, you know, he's obviously his hands are in the blood of of turning in Jesus. Spoilers for the Bible if you haven't heard about it, pal. Uh and he, as a performer and as an actor, all night has to have this silver all over his hands. And let me tell you, Peter, it can't be there when the play starts the next day or Jesus is going to be pretty suspicious as to why he already has silver all over his hands. So we'll conclude with this. 
what I figured out from these plays and from professional wrestling, well, professional wrestling kind of, it, it, for, it fortified it for me. Life is just a series of figuring out how to use your specialized skills. And if your skills are being able to wash paint off your hands really fast and hitting super high notes, you might be up for the role of Judas someday. I don't know. It could work for you.